BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good morning, Freckled Foodie fam. I'm super excited about today's episode because it is one of my very close friends and we are recording in person. So I'm super, super pumped. Today we are speaking with Emily DiDonato. You guys might know her from one of the many things she has done. We get into a lot of it in the episode, but A, you might have seen her a lot on my Instagram. We've spent a lot of time together over the past two years and have become really good friends and I'm so grateful for her, but you probably know her because she's like a famous model. Um, She was the face of Maybelline for a while. She was in Sports Illustrated Swim. She was the face of one of the Giorgio Armani's fragrances that I cannot pronounce. She says in this episode, so I'll let you hear it from her. Um, And she's also a very popular content creator slash influencer. So you might have also consumed her content there. She also is the co-founder of an incredible new skincare line called Covey, which we chat about briefly at the end. So clearly she's doing a lot of things. You also might have heard her already on this podcast because we recorded an episode in the beginning of COVID, which is how our friendship honestly became. She is one of the, I mean, probably the most beautiful person I have ever spent time with, both inside and out. And today we get into a lot of postpartum talk. Um, I'm so blessed that Emily gave birth to her daughter, Teddy, shortly after I gave birth to Liam. So she has really been someone who has helped me and just been kind of a sounding board for me to get advice from, vent to, just relate to. And we chat about our postpartum experiences, the highs, the lows, all of that tied into body image, our work, you know, everything. And she comes from a very interesting perspective, given that her entire working career has been in modeling, which is obviously very body and face focused. And when you throw pregnancy and postpartum into the loop, obviously things change. And it's a whole other mental roadblock slash minefield that she has had to navigate given her industry that she's worked in and also like what that industry can do to your mental health or really like view of yourself. We get into it and I'll let Emily speak for herself. So without further ado, here is the conversation with Emily DiDonato. Come on in, take a seat, pour a drink, pass one to me. Frickle food, and friends, talking about life sides and ends. Throw away your hesitations, have a filter conversations. If you've got friends. 
Hi, fam. We're in a studio. I'm so excited. I feel so professional. I miss being in a studio so much. Um, We're testing out a new podcast recording studio today. Already, I feel like very legit. Me too. I feel legit for you. Like, I'm excited. (laughs) I'm excited. Okay. Well, sorry. Emily Dinato is here with us. I should have said that. We'll all record an intro separately. Um, Em, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back. We have so much more to, like, talk about and recap on. So much. I'll post the link to the first episode in the show notes, but that was when we first met. And I was thinking about this recently because Joe asked. He's like, how did you even become friends with Emily? Because now I would say we talk – Almost daily? Yeah. Every other day? Yeah. And have seen each other a lot over the past COVID, honestly. Yeah, exactly. And since you were pregnant, since I was pregnant. A lot's happened. It has. A lot has happened. Yeah. Um, But I remember we first met in the, like, virtual recording of our first episode talking about – which honestly ties in a lot to what I want to talk about today, but the YouTube video you had made about, like, body image Mm -hmm. and your journey as a model. Totally. And I remember, I mean, it blew up, from my opinion, from yours it did too. Yeah, I mean, it went viral, I would say. Like, so many people, like, reposted it and reshared it. I had no idea it was going to resonate like that, but, like, yeah, it's taken a whole new form even today. Yes. Yeah. And (laughs) it's a whole new topic now that you're a mom. (laughs) So I have so much I want to get into. A lot of you message me being like, I wish this could be like a full five-part series because there's so much for Emily and I to discuss. But first, I want to give – the audience. Obviously, I do recommend listening to the first episode for more of Emily's journey. But if we can just set the scene a little Mm -hmm. bit. So you were or are Mm -hmm. a very fucking legit model. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've been a model for almost 12 years now, Um, primarily in like the beauty space, though. So I've been the face of Maybelline for 10 years. I was the face of Biotherm. I did a very famous fragrance called Armani's Aqua de Joya, which most people I feel like know me from. And then over the last like five to seven years, I'd say I focus more on content creation. So Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, you know, both of us influencing Mm -hmm. on all the things. And then I'm also the co-founder of a skincare brand called Covey, which I launched a year ago. So that's like a mini baby background. Are we just going to leave out the whole Sports Illustrated thing? Oh, that too. (laughs) Like, just a fucking famous Sports Illustrated model. Yes, many years of Sports Illustrated swimsuit. So I've got some things under my belt. Were you ever a Victoria's Secret model? No. I did their catalog a few times, and I used to go for, like, the Victoria's Secret fashion show casting, which I, like, still have – you know, PTSD from. I'm sure. Um, but no, that never panned out for me, which was probably for the best. Okay. <laughs> um, but I forget, honestly, like, we've had conversations about this where I forget that you're famous, where like, <laughs> oh, no, come on. I'll bring up something and you're like, oh, yeah, well, this happened. And I'm like, what the fuck life have you lived? Like, Yeah, but I think you're more for, more famous in the New York scene. Like, when we go out to dinner, like, so many people come up to you and they're like, oh, who's this girl? And I'm like, wait, what? No, I said this to Joe after that happened the first time. I was like, the comical thing is that person who is so kind, thank you so much for, like, saying hi to me, will go home and watch my stories and see that I tag you and click on you and be like, wait, what the fuck was I doing asking to meet Cameron? So it's a running joke with Joe and I as well. But anyway, I'm so grateful for our friendship and for have getting gotten, whatever, to know you over the past few years. And I think something that has really bonded us, not only obviously like influencing and content creation and the highs and the lows and Mm -hmm. being there for each other, but really the pregnancy and postpartum and motherhood. So that's what I would love to focus on today. Yes. So when – 
Did you decide – did you always know you wanted to have kids or when did you decide you wanted to become a mother? I did know that I always wanted to have kids and I said this the other day and someone was like, that sounds like a really bad reason to have children. But I never like had this urge like I need to have children. I'm like destined to be a mother. But I was kind of like I feel like everyone does this and people love it so much. There's got to be something to it. And, you know, I grew up with two siblings. Like I couldn't picture not being a mom but I wasn't like fiending to be a mother. Um. But, like, I was like, I'm going to do this, and then I I, I did indeed do it. And then you it. did the thing. <laughs> um, I, I understand that because it's also – I think if – there's a pull, obviously. I think if you are hesitant and you're not sure if you want to do it and you feel pressure, that's one thing. Yeah. But if you're kind of like, yeah. Ex- I always say, like, I was more excited than I was scared. Yes. And that's when I was like – I mean, Liam was a surprise, but we were about to start drawing. And that's when we were like, you know what? I feel okay. I feel ready. Yeah, I feel like now that I've had a child, like the feeling that I feel towards her, I totally get why people want to have children. But I didn't know what that feeling was, obviously, prior to having kids. But you can't explain it. No, you can't. But now I'm like, oh, this is the best. I want like a hundred of them, but I don't (laughs) – but that's not going to happen. And we'll discuss why. (laughs) But I I do say like we both have dogs. Yeah. And there is this feeling that I have towards Charlie that's like, oh, my God, I love you so much. And I was scared to have a kid because I knew I would love him more Mm -hmm. or her more than Charlie. And the concept of loving something more terrified me. Mm-hmm. And that is I, – I do find that the love I feel for my child is terrifying because it's truly like a part of you, quite literally, is living outside of your body. Yeah, and you'll like die for them immediately. Yes. I was just picturing the other day like my child like being an adult and like functioning in this world without me and I was just like – Hell no. And Kyle was like, of course, you don't want her to be a freak and, like, live with us forever. And I'm like, wow, I feel like also it makes me reflect on my own mother. And yep. I'm like, oh, my God, you like me this much? You weirdo. I said that to my mom where I was like, now I realize why you let me get away with everything I say. And, like, you just keep coming back for more because Liam literally could do nothing to me that would ever make – like, the love is – it's uncontrollable. but. While we're on that topic, you struggle or struggled with postpartum anxiety, as I did. For listeners who have not experienced this, what were some of the symptoms that you were experiencing? Oh, my gosh. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. I saw someone make a TikTok comment. They were like, postpartum anxiety is like postpartum depression is like bitchy younger sister. Yes. (laughs) um, That less people kind of talk about. Um, So my postpartum anxiety or what it looks like for me, the first two weeks after I gave birth, should I go into like what it looked like for me? Of course, yeah. Like the first two weeks after I gave birth, I mean, actually it hit the minute I was in the hospital after I had given birth. I could not sleep. I felt like I was crawling up the walls. I hadn't slept in 24 hours and I probably stayed awake and not because my child was awake for like maybe the first two weeks, like had 20-minute naps throughout here and there, but I was just wired awake, um, so, 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 so scared. And everyone goes, oh, were you worried about the baby, which makes me feel like a horrible mother because I would be like, no, (laughs) literally no. Um, I wasn't because she was fine. I knew she was fine. Um, And I had so much fear and anxiety when other people would hold her. That still bubbles up for me. And having trouble going outside with her, like having trouble like integrating her into my life. Like I was fully willing to revolve around her, but like the – and you know this, like the idea of bringing her out in the stroller. And I always joke with you saying like I can't believe I saw you when you were like six months – six weeks or eight weeks postpartum because I still honestly hadn't really left the house yet with Teddy Mm -hmm. is my daughter's name. Um, And just – 
also having panic attacks in the evening. So I would just feel complete doom, sadness, so, so scared out of like this world scared. And my husband would be like, what are you scared? Like nothing's happening. But that's the thing with like a panic attack. Can't explain it. You cannot explain it. Sweating profusely. Um, And that's just been, it's just been so hard. And I feel like it makes it hard to enjoy your child because I almost feel like I'm constantly vibrating from the inside out. Like I just describe it as like crawling up the walls, scared, anxious, and like no rest in a way, you know, like you're Mm -hmm. just buzzing and not in a good way. But you're also, I think, based on what you've told me, simultaneously exhausted. Yes, because you're going, 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 going and like not – and I – when I reflect back, I'm like, I don't know how I was functioning like that. Like I just was awake, like in between feeds. I was breastfeeding and I just wouldn't go to sleep in between and it was just so painful. And the other weird thing about mine was like the mornings I would be kind of fine and mine very much sets in the evenings. And I bring that up because I brought that up to my OB and she was just kind of like, huh, okay, that's weird. And I was like, no, like literally as the sun goes down, I feel like I'm losing my mind and I don't get it because in the mornings I'm kind of okay. And so my OB was just kind of like, oh, I I don't know. Like, here's a number for a psychiatrist. Like, I recommend, but like, I don't know. But then I posted it on my Instagram stories. I had hundreds of DMs from other women being like, I have the exact same thing. The evenings are the worst for me. Like, the the minute the sun goes down, like, it sets in for me, whatever it is, whether whether it's their postpartum depression or their anxiety. So that's kind of what it looks like for me. I mean, that was exactly when my PPD would set in. The sun would set. And like, I don't know if it's because... I think it was a mix of things. It was like, okay, the day is over, but what have I really done? Even though you're doing so many things, they're not as tangible. And so it's like, what have I done? Another day has passed. Now I'm scared for how much, when I think back in the beginning, Mm -hmm. he's going to potentially wake up tonight. Mm -hmm. Like the lack of control over what your sleep is actually going to look like, where that was never a fear before having a child. Mm -hmm. Even sometimes now, he's nine months old. He slept through the night every night for like months Every once in a while, I'll get in bed and be like, oh, God, I hope he doesn't wake up. Yeah. And I don't even know why I'm thinking that. I but, know. like, yeah. it's just the possibility. My PP, my postpartum anxiety was – I had, like, what I refer to as um, final destination thoughts. Oh, I had We too. talked about this. <laughs> right? Yes. Like, yes. Those movies really fucked us up as kids. <gasps> yeah. But, I forgot about that. Oh, my gosh. It's happening where you forget. Yes. Yeah. Oh. That's why we have more kids. But you just, like – suddenly truly envision this horrific thing happening. Like the one I envision with Final Destination is when the um, trees are coming off of that truck in the car scene. And for me, it was like if I was holding Liam, if I was walking through a doorframe, I envisioned me slamming his head into the Mm -hmm. doorframe or dropping him on our floor, hardwood floor, or hitting his head on the marble counter. The biggest one was I was convinced he was wrapped in our sheets, which I know you had as well. Yes, I have that had that one all, every night. And it is crazy to me that I never heard of this. <laughs> and again, maybe I'm j- I wasn't like paying attention. I don't know, but I never heard about this. No. And now everyone that I've talked to seems to have the same sheet situation. Yes. It's so weird. I feel like – and I feel this way, which is maybe why people don't talk about it as much as – like my best friend is pregnant right now. And I'm always on the verge or in the middle between like wanting to tell her everything to prepare her and be like, this is what might happen. But then also being like, I don't want to scare her, right? You don't yeah. want to be the just wait person. Oh, I hate that though. We want to kill mm-hmm. those people. But then you're also like you see this person who's about to enter into this phase that you're like, 
it could be okay, but it also could be so bad and so scary. And I want you to know that, like, you're not alone. <laughs> yeah. I think there is a middle ground. The just wait is so fucking annoying because it's like, you know, I posted a photo of Liam cuddling on me the other day and they were like, oh, just wait until he's older and he doesn't want to. I'm like, why would why would you say that? Like, it's <laughs> so mean. Mean for sport. But I think that there's a middle ground where it can be like – I'm so excited for you to experience this, but also, like, I have had some hard times, and I'm here for you if you struggle mentally, physically. Like, I do think that there is a middle ground, and I think more women should be prepared because part of the reason I struggled so much was because I was like, this is not what I envisioned. Did you feel that way? It is not what I envisioned at all. And it's so triggering to me because, and I know you know this and you felt this, like I would look at the social media profiles of other women who gave birth around the same time as me and oh their experience just looked so different. Like they were happy and like cherishing their nor- newborn. And I'm sure I did have moments like that, but I kind of don't think I had as many as I could have because I was consumed with like just feeling nuts Mm -hmm. and so anxious and so scared. And that comparison, the mom comparison, like it still gets me to this day, whether it's like what motherhood looks like to them, what their body looks like versus what mine looks like. And it's crazy because we create content. We're we're influencers, whatever you want to call it. Like we know that so much goes on behind the scenes or it may not be as it seems, but your brain just falls for it, or at least mine does. I mean, mine does too. I think we both gave birth around the time of well-known influencers who had different experiences than mm-hmm. us. And I know for me personally, I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I muted most of them. But yeah. it's really, really difficult to consume as much as we do and to not compare. It's inherent. Yeah, it's so hard. But, like, that's why with you and the kind of content you created, I was on the edge of my seat when you were about to give birth, like, watching every single story, like, waiting for the moment. But, like, thank God for people like you for being honest about what you were going through. And I also tried to do the same. You and, do. Like, just because the whole, like, everything's peachy stuff, it just doesn't resonate for me. Well, it doesn't resonate for me either as a human and especially as a mom. And I really appreciate that compliment. But I also want to talk about when we provide the reality, people get pissed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which then is really fucking frustrating because, like, you can't win. Yeah. People get pissed. They have opinions. They're also doctors. Of course. pediatricians (laughs) and psychiatrists and psychologists. And I'm like – and the thing with that is, like – I'm always like I, – I, I'm going to share this just because it's like I feel like the other reason or thing I was so hard on myself about postpartum anxiety that I had was like I had all the tools in place for that like not to be happening, meaning yeah. I have a supportive partner. I had help, a baby nurse. And for those at home who don't know what that means because sometimes people don't me- know, we have a woman who lives with us who helps us in the evenings with the baby. Like I have a psycho- psychologist. Like I go to therapy regularly. I work out. Like I had all these things set up for me. I don't say that to make other people feel bad, but it's like I would be like, why is this happening to me? Yep. Like I have more than most people like times a thousand and I still cannot get my head straight and I'm still – trying to get it there, and I'm 12 weeks out. But I think you bring up a really good point that I talk about a lot also where it's like mental health does not discriminate. No, yeah. You look at like massive celebrities or, you know, everyone can have their own struggle. And I too was like, I don't understand. I've tried to work on my anxiety for so long. Mm -hmm. I have a supportive partner. I have the financial means. Mm -hmm. We didn't have help, but like 
we could have if we yeah. needed it or wanted it. And still I struggled so much. And that kind of brings, I think, everyone onto an even playing field mentally, but mm-hmm. also terrifies me for other women in the world who don't have those means because, yeah. I mean, even psychology and therapy, it's so fucking expensive. Yeah. Like, it, it does terrify me. And uh, not to get into this, but, like, it is part of what I've talked to you about yeah. of, like, my next potential move with my business, like, yeah. bringing that in. So what have you done and I know you're still kind of struggling with it, but what have you done to help with the postpartum anxiety? What haven't I done is the question. Okay. So the first, the only thing that I can point to that helped me initially for anyone who freshly gave birth is acupuncture, actually. Um, I would go at like 4 or 5 p.m. in the evenings, and that helped a lot to like be doing something like that at that time. Um, obviously, I go to therapy. I've recently talked to a psychiatrist and exploring, you know, going that route. Mm-hmm. Um, I work out every single day, go on walks with friends. Yeah. I went tanning many times because I thought <laughs> – I remember you said that too. I was like, you're tanning? I was in a tanning bed in the West Village, like literally crying and being like, maybe I'm just vitamin D deficient. Like, no, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> I remember saying to Joe, Emily's tanning. Like, I, and I actually know exactly probably what tanning yeah. was. It next to Bluestone Lane. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, how it's is that place weird. still fucking open? Who is going to tanning back? Maybe postpartum women. Me. That's who, me. I was doing that. I mean, I, I feel like I did. I've done a yeah, lot. Yeah, a lot. A lot. And, like, every time I'm, like, going for a walk, like, for my mental health, I'm like, <laughs> yippee, here I go. Um, but I also think, unfortunately, with postpartum, it's, like, time, time. does help. Time. And it's, like, how can you survive? Also, like, if I'm getting into the nitty-gritty, actually, I had next to my bed so many things for, like, that evening time. I probably took, like, four to five showers a day while I was those freshly postpartum because being in the shower or, like, a warm room really helped. Weighted blanket, mm-hmm. lavender. I had, like, the lavender eye patches. Like, I was just, like, wrapping myself up and mummifying every single night trying to, like, keep myself from jumping out the window. So – if anyone else has any suggestions, <laughs> I'll freaking do it. Emily's like, I will try anything. No, but honestly, time is so important it because is. not only, A, like you have to think really biologically, our bodies are going through a fucking roller coaster of hormones. So time obviously helps yeah. because we're processing and releasing. I mean, I don't know the actual biological terms, but something is going down. Yeah. But then also your child is becoming more – or less fragile, mm-hmm. where I know that was my big thing, where I True. was like, oh, if I drop him, I'll die. Like, And that's horrible to say or think. Yes. And then I also was like, I'm such a fucked up person for thinking this. Yeah, yeah. But it is – they're durable mm-hmm. as time goes on. Like I toss Liam around now. It's the best thing ever. The second he was durable, I was like yeah. throwing him around. My mom's like, you probably should chill. <laughs> but that helps. Also, they're sleeping more, so you're hopefully sleeping more. Yes. Like, it's, time is really – the main factor, in my opinion, when it comes to the mental health struggles, with the caveat, I actually struggled the most later, like a little later on, because I started to re-enter life. And I want to talk yeah. to you about this, because you – did you even take a postpartum, like maternity leave? Not really, no. I was, like, answering emails, like, two weeks postpartum. Yeah. yeah. I remember we were, like, together – or we were on a phone or something, and you were like, I have a call. I was like, oh, you have yeah. a call? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, because you have, have a lot a, going on. Yeah, I have a business, and it's like me and my co-founder, and I'm like, if we don't do it, who, who will? <laughs> yep. I mean, it's the shitty part of our job. Yeah. Our jobs are amazing, yeah. but it's the shitty part. It, obviously, I'm not a founder of an actual like but product still. business, but as a content creator. But I remember fully feeling at my lowest when I was like, I'd gotten through the point of like, okay, like I, kind of what you said, I can exist in Liam's world. Like the two mm-hmm. of us can be great when we're just, when he's my focus. But then when I try to socialize and I try to see people and I try to do other things and re-enter my life, I'm like, holy fuck, this is not at all what I remember it being. I'm not the same person. Mm-hmm. I'm mentally not the same. And I almost felt like I was watching from above, mm-hmm. like a different version of me trying to go about life. And I've never been someone who like puts on a front or fakes anything. Yeah. And there was this time period where I felt I was forced to. Otherwise, I think I would really scare people for being honest. Yeah. And Joe saw snippets of when I wasn't, and he was like, what's going on here, honey? Yeah. I think, like, I know you've said this on your social. It's like when you start trying to pick up the other things that you used to do, you just kind of feel like you're failing a little bit at all of them Mm -hmm. or not doing a great job at them. Like, even on calls, I'm always distracted. Like, sometimes I'm with Teddy, sometimes I'm not, or I'm going out to dinner and I'm looking at the monitor and distracted by that. Really, I should be with my friend because that's probably good for my mental Mental health. health. (laughs) So be present. Um, (laughs) And I just feel like every time I try to, like, do more than just me and my child, even, like, trying to take her out. Like, I tried to take Teddy out the first time I did this, take her out, and the dog. Like, I was just like, I'm a f- – Oh, my God. How are moms just out here doing this? Like, momming it up, like, with two carriages and a dog and a baby. I'm just like, this is insane. But, yeah, I just feel like I'm bad at all of it instead of, like, when I used to be able to do one thing at a time and just be like, yay for I'm me. I'm really good. Yeah. I mean, I can say you're not bad at any of it, but I totally yeah. understand the feeling as yeah. well because it feels like – I mean, I used to talk to my mom about this, and that's eventually why she left her corporate job because she was like, I just felt like I wasn't doing a good job at either. Yeah, totally. And it's a really confusing feeling. Um, someone actually did ask, and while you brought it up, like what went into your decision to have a night nurse? That was like kind of not even a question, especially with my husband, Kyle, because he works so much and Mm -hmm. he did not have a paternity leave. Well, I mean, kind (laughs) of he could have, but like didn't. He works a lot. It would have all really – a lot of it would have fallen on me. Um, And honestly, it's a very New York thing in the sense that like all of our friends had had night nurses and that sounds probably really obnoxious and snooty. No, but it's such – I'm the only friend. Yeah. Yeah. You just like – of my that. group that didn't. And it's actually interesting. I was on a pod, someone else's podcast and they were like, did you have anyone helping you? And I said, no, I chose not to have a night nurse. And this person, the host was in the Midwest and she was like, what's a night nurse? Yeah. It's it's such – on my Instagram, people are always like, what is that? And they like don't understand and can't believe it. I'm so grateful that we did do it because she taught me literally everything that I know. Like having another woman in our house who's just like a baby whisper expert, like mm-hmm. – I don't know. I I mean, I guess you just figured it out as you went, which is like ripping the Band-Aid off and doing it. I always say having a night nurse was like parenting with training wheels because Mm -hmm. anytime I didn't know what to do or what was going on, I had another person to like heavily lean on who knew exactly what was going on. But would you do no night nurse for your second? What are your thoughts? I think it depends on – If you have a second. I mean, I hope to have a second. I think it depends. Yeah. Because the the reason – 
I really personally, like we could have, yes, afforded a night nurse. I don't know if I could have stomached the cost. Personally, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I also just don't like people in my space. Like yeah, that was the main tough. reason. I just didn't think I'd do well with that. But also I have no sh- – throw no shade against anyone who has a night nurse because I fully understand how helpful it is. But I really wanted it to just be me and Joe. Yeah. And I came out of it – I think we came out of it with a really great experience. That being said, for the second hopeful child – Maybe because I don't know how you care for another kid during yeah. the day if you're so focused on the newborn all night. Like, I don't want Liam to be completely shafted. Yeah. So that's what would lead me to potentially have one. Yeah. But I, I want to talk – you've brought this up in the beginning, and you said nothing was off the table. But <laughs> when you were struggling in the very beginning of just feeling like, I don't know what to do, mm-hmm. did you almost feel – reassured that the night nurse was there or did you sometimes feel like less than because she was figuring it out? Because I know you mentioned that to me. Yeah. I mean, I had moments like that, meaning like I felt like if I didn't have a night nurse there and I was in these, you know, pickles and moments where I didn't know what to do, like you're, like I said about you, I would have been forced to figure it out. And I always had these training wheels on or someone to bounce into. On one hand, yes, there were moments where I was like, oh, like, how am I ever going to get good at this? Because I just feel like I always have someone else to lean on or like Mm -hmm. during that period. Um, But at the same time, because my postpartum anxiety was so, so, so bad, I was always like, imagine if I was just doing this on my own. Like, I may have actually combusted. I like was so anxious. So... It's a mix of both, though, but there's definitely mixed emotions about it. Well, you also never know, yeah. like, what would have happened. It's the same thing with me. Like, what I have – I said this – my sister, my older sister, and I have had very different mental postpartum experiences. Yeah. Um, I think mainly because they are living in the suburbs – well, I, I won't get into her scenario, but it, we've had very different – she had a full corporate maternity leave. Right. And I think that's the main difference. Mm-hmm. Um And part of me was thinking, well, maybe if we did have someone, would I have struggled with postpartum depression? But then it gets into this world of like, why am I even doing this? Because you'll never fucking know. True. True, true, true. So we talked about your modeling career in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Now postpartum. Yeah. What are your thoughts with like that part of your career moving forward? And how has that impacted your postpartum journey mentally? Well, I think it's just a whole other added layer because I think like I – wished slash wanted to bounce back, quote unquote, so I could just dive right back into that modeling career of mine. And that has just not been the case. Um, Because that's not reality. Let's make that very clear. But like then I reflect back on like why I think that and some of like the models that I grew up watching. Like I vividly remember when certain models like were returning to the Victoria's Secret fashion show like four weeks postpartum. Like do you remember that? Like Uh, No, I was not – like I could not name a Victoria's Secret model if you put a gun in my head. I remember that like so vividly. Like maybe not four weeks, but it was like six weeks postpartum. People were like back on the runway, whatever. I'm definitely not that person. But yeah, I definitely feel like that pressure to like bounce back on – on one hand. Then on the other hand, I'm kind of like, this is a new chapter in my life. Like I'm a content creator. I'm a co-founder. Like I don't just have all my eggs in that basket. So that's kind of okay. But I think the worst or hardest part is just comparing myself to other models who have given birth, gave birth around the same time as me. Like I just remember I was in like one of my roughest weeks and New York Fashion Week was starting and people were on the runway again. And I was like, wow, I am still in sweatpants. Like 
my boobs are huge and leaking everywhere. Like I literally was like, logistically, is she wearing like the nursing pads under <laughs> that outfit on the runway? Because like, I literally don't know if I could do it. Um, but yeah, I feel like, I think I have, I feel weird about it though. Cause so much of my personality, or I, I identify so much with being a model. I've been one since I'm se- I was 17. I'm 31 now. Like that's a really long time. So I'm, like, trying to get comfortable, like, moving into this new phase Mm -hmm. or whatever will come next. I'm not writing off modeling, of course. Like, we'll see what happens. But it's very, like, we'll see what happens, which I don't love. Well, I want to unpack a few things. And we've talked about this at length, like, off mic during our hangouts. I think there's, A, like, it does add a bonus layer to the really confusing aspect of before life and after life of having a child. Mm -hmm. Also, COVID is happening, which is a whole other layer to that, like, situation, which I've talked about a lot because, I mean, I miss my old life. I fucking love my kid more than anything in the world, but sometimes I really miss my old life. Yeah. And COVID has also confused that because it makes a very clear distinction of who has children and who doesn't because if I didn't have a kid, I'd be living a very different way once I was vaccinated. Like, okay, if I get it, it's not the end of the world. And then I think – If you have a career that is so focused beforehand on your physical appearance, Mm -hmm. that must be really fucking hard to mentally unpack because in reality, our bodies are forever changed in certain ways. Yes. Whether we want to accept that or not. (laughs) I've accepted it. It's done. (laughs) But A, obviously – You are fucking stunning. I tell you this all the time. You are the most breathtakingly beautiful person I've ever seen in my life. So, like, you deserve to be on any magazine, whatever runway you want to be on. Thank you. I appreciate that. But I also realize that, like, your body has changed, obviously. We're moms. Totally. Our things have changed. What do you think has played the biggest role in your negative body talk? (sighs) Comparing myself to other models and moms and people that I see on social media who are like fitting back into my jeans like six weeks postpartum or whatever and I'm like not even close like at all um I think that that comparison and like it's weird because I would not say that that was something that ate me up ate me up much prior to mm-hmm. postpartum weirdly like I wasn't someone like I looked at social media but I wasn't like oh she has this I don't like I really wasn't that person but postpartum activated that part of my brain so hard um yeah it's weird so because you just feel like you're never good enough or doing enough or could be looking better or I could be working out harder like there was a period postpartum which I have given up on this where I was working out every morning at like 6 a.m before my baby woke up before I breastfed her I have given that up because it was making me very anxious because I still wake up to pump in the middle of the night like I was just too much running myself into the ground and being like well I'm gonna like get back in shape like I gotta do this and now I'm just like you know what let's just not die in this process I mean first of all I think I forget sometimes how newly postpartum you are because I'm now nine months and you're 12 weeks yeah which is so fucking fresh Emily like you still are in the fourth trimester yeah but it takes so long For your body, and I've said this to you, our bodies take nine months to create a human. The expectation that it will take anything less than nine months to get to a place that we're, like, more comfortable with Mm -hmm. is really – I mean, it's it's a complete lie sold to us by, like, media and diet culture and, like, companies that are profiting off of this. But I will say personally, like, 
I am now in a place where I feel very confident and comfortable in my body. Yeah. A lot of that has to do with new exercises I've adapted, but also there are parts of my body, like my boobs, I'm having a really hard time adjusting to them being like this. Yeah. Like more, like it's so fucking dumb and surface level and like what is the word I'm looking for? Just ridiculous. But they're the one thing that I'm like, I can't get over it. I cannot get over it. And we're watching the show Pam and Tommy. Have you heard about the show? Oh, my God, yeah. It's so good. No, it's really good. Okay, like, beware. In the second episode, he's like, penis talks to him, and that whole part is weird. But the show gets really good. Okay. Anyway, she has just these incredible tits that are, I would think, <laughs> fake. And they're all I can think of when I'm watching the show. And, yeah. like, it's the comparative is, like, yes. kicked in with everything around us. And I hate that. I hate it. it I makes hate it me so feel much. Like stupid and like immature in a way. Like I'm like seriously. Like are we in like, like I'm eighth better grade? Than this. Yeah. Like where we're like, oh, she like. I don't get why I'm I'm doing it. I can't stop right now. What has helped the most with your body image postpartum? <sighs> Number one is connecting with other moms, women who are pregnant or postpartum. Like I. That was one of the first things that I did was reach out to my pregnant friends or postpartum friends, and anyone can do that. Like, it just helped tremendously for someone to be like, I went through that. I felt mm-hmm. that. I got through that. Go see those people. Talk to those people. And anyone who's postpartum or had a baby is, like, always so welcoming and willing. At yes. least my friends, you are willing to talk about it and share it if you really want to get into the nitty-gritty details. So that number one was so helpful, like going on walks with friends, seeing them, like touching base with them, like that's huge. Um therapy helps, but not as much as I would like, honestly, <laughs> because mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, well, I'm still anxious. And my therapist <laughs> is like Right. Okay. You're trying I'm to like, perfect your anxiety like yes. me. Yes. I'm like, make it go away though, right? You're going to do that. Um, but therapy does definitely help. Acupuncture has been huge for me. One of the only instant gratification type things, treatments that I've done, meaning I walk in there, I do a treatment and I walk out and I'm like, wow, I feel better. Where are you going? I go to Sa- – now I'm never going to get an appointment. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I go to Deb at Sage Wellness down in um, Financial District. I've been going to her for all of my ailments, everything from, like, losing my period to a period of time, carpal tunnel, everything for, like, 12 years. Okay. She's amazing. Um, so that's been huge. Exercise, huge. I recently started exercising now around, like, 4 or 5 p.m. to, like, try to ward off that, like – That's nice. Onset time, you know, when the sun goes down. And that has actually helped a lot – like moving my workout time. Yeah. Um, So I would say those are like the key things. And then also, of course, like for me, because that anxiety really kept me like stuck in my apartment and never leaving, like inching out a little bit more. Like my first outing with Teddy, I literally only walked around the block, one block. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, I sent pictures to you, (laughs) my mom, everyone. I was like, I'm out. I'm doing it. Like I could cry thinking about it because like now I'm a little better about it. Now you're on the West Side Highway. I know. I know. We ran ran into into each each other. other. It was the best thing ever. But like it was just so hard for me. Like I couldn't like the logistics, the stroller, like put it in there. But every time I inch one step farther and like do it, I'm like, okay, like I did it. I can do this. Like I can mom. Like I've got this. So I think it's always scarier any of this, like even flying with Liam. It's so much scarier. Well, minus our flight home because I was fucking miserable. But it is always scarier than like the reality, the idea of it. Yeah. And again, 
we have kind of been in postpartum. You kind of are a hermit. Yeah. And that is not good for your mental health, especially, no. I mean, you're really a hermit when it comes to COVID times now, but like not seeing people, not interacting with humans face to face, so much more social media consumption than normal. That is not good for our mental health. So I agree with you, like getting out and doing as much as humanly possible is so helpful. And like laying it all on the table with your friends. Find people that you are not embarrassed to really Mm -hmm. put it all out there. Like I've said things to you and Mm -hmm. some of my other close friends that like I would have never thought I'd feel comfortable saying. But you you have to because if your thoughts stay in your mind, it's a fucking war zone. Yes. It's like torture. Another thing I would love to hear your input on because we agree it, mainly on the concept of sharing our children on social media. So hard. We've talked about this in it's depth. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. And it also pisses off people so much. Yes, it does. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God. So – well, well, I guess we'll start with why have you chosen or what are the boundaries you've set around your daughter? So for me, I am not sharing her face with the world. I'll say right now because that's where I'm at right now with it. And Everything my can husband, always change. It can always change. But right now, I just want to keep that private and like as much of her private as I can. Like I love and am more than willing to share things like this, what I'm going through, how I feel. But like, and so many people want to like see what she's doing. And I, of course, want to share that so badly. I love her. She's beautiful. She's adorable. I want to share her little milestone. fucking cute. Yeah, she's so cute. But like we had this conversation and you and I spoke about this and I had this conversation with my husband and we really couldn't come up with good reasons of like why sharing her face and her personal life would benefit her. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think it's different. Like it just, there's nothing, it wouldn't like help her later in life. It it might make her happy in later in life, but that's a gamble. I don't know. Will I she, don't know really why it would. I don't know. Maybe she'll like that she's famous when she's like five and then hate <laughs> me when she's applying for colleges. Yeah. Probably. Um, so that's why we decided to do it. But every day I'm like, the fact that I can't post her, like it kills me because I want, it's such a huge part of me and I don't yeah. know how to like grapple with that sometimes. And you've also said to me, you're like, I'm not sure how to show up on here. And I think that also, it does play a role in it because I struggle with that too, where like, so for me, I've chosen to sparingly share Liam's face Mm -hmm. because the internet is fucking scary. Yeah. Like that's the main reason. The internet is scary. I also would like to keep a part of my life private and also like I don't know if he wants to be on my page. Yeah. And I'm okay sharing him every once in a while. I just did recently because yeah. sometimes I just – I can't fight the urge because I just want to share him and with everyone. And it's you. It's like authentically your yes. life. Yeah. But I think that, A, we're in different situations because like we talked about in the beginning, like you're actually fucking famous. <laughs> and you know what? I almost texted this to you. No. But it's – I mean it is true. Like whether you want to admit it or not. I almost texted you because you – well, I did send the first text. You posted a reshare of someone wishing you a happy birthday. Yeah. So I easily just Googled Emily did not a birthday. And I texted you. I said, thanks for being famous so that I could easily find out when your birthday was. Happy birthday. Love you. <laughs> but the second thing I saw was like um, – announcements, news articles that you had given birth. Yes. And yeah. pulling from your Instagram. And yeah. it was like 
big publications. And right. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, if I'm sitting here questioning whether I'd want to share my child, if, like, People Magazine was pulling stuff, there's no fucking chance I'd want his face in there. Yeah, that, that's So definitely. there is even a higher bar for you. What baffles me is the people who get angry over this. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. Every time I do, like, a Q&A, my DMs, if I post, like, Teddy's foot or something like that or just something about being a mom, people are like, why aren't you showing her face? Like, it's so stupid. Just show us her face. Like, people are so demanding, and we've spoken about this too. That makes me dig my heels in even more yes. because you're like, why do you feel entitled? Like, mm-hmm. who gave you the audacity? Like, no, really. just be like – Show me your kid freaking now. Listen, bitch, I want to see a picture of your daughter. Like, could you imagine? People are wild. No, but that, I mean, it makes me dig my feet in too. Where I'm like, oh, the more you ask, you will never see him. I actually really appreciate and respect and like find it so endearing when I share him sparingly. Whenever I share him, there are a few people that message me being like, thank you so much for feeling comfortable enough with us to share him. He's so beautiful. And I'm like, you're really sweet. Thank you. But it, it really does it, – it pisses off a lot of people. The conversation that we have not had over the phone that mm. I want to get into. Oh, geez. Where are you at with your feeding journey? <sighs> so I am still breastfeeding. Um, and I – Pump and I breastfeed, but mostly breastfeed. But luckily, Teddy does sleep through the night right now, which I know a lot of moms are going to want to kick me in the head for that, but it's true. Um, And I'm just having a really hard time with it. I actually don't know if we have talked about this, actually, but I have something called DMER. No. Which, so when every time I breastfeed, every single time, and every single time I pump, I get this deep, deep sadness and like sorrow and almost like a feeling of shame and anxiety um, that rolls over me for about like one to two minutes. This is a thing. I'm so sorry. It's okay. But it it happens to some women and it's it's very strange. Um, And I brought it up to my OB and I brought it – I looked it up and it's like a thing. It's – some people have it. And that makes breastfeeding really hard for me because every time I do it, I just prepare and it happens – and then it goes away and then I'm fine. So that's part of why it's been really hard. I want to – I'm just curious. Like the emotions that roll over you, what's like the – you said shame, like shame over it's it's not really act? based in no, it's not like based in anything. It's okay. just like I feel so beyond yucky and like sad and awkward and like I want to crawl out of my skin. And it's funny because I just thought that my hormones were raging. Like I mm-hmm. had this from day one in the hospital. I told Kyle, I was like, I, I feel so sad when I do this, but I was kind of like, Oh, I'm I'm s i am i am just gave birth, right. like my hormones, whatever. And a, fr- a girlfriend of mine goes, Yeah, I had this thing, like when I would breastfeed, I would want to go like this. I'm like waving my hands <laughs> in the air. Um, and I'd be like, what, what do you mean? Like, the, like, what do you mean? She's like, I don't know. Like, I just felt really icky every time I did it. And I was like, oh, I, I have something like that too. Mm-hmm. And then I called my doctor and I was like, this is what happens to me. It lasts one to two minutes. Like, and then it goes away and it's a thing. Um, Never heard of this. Yeah. And the other thing I think, which is not with breastfeeding. Oh, I'm like answering questions you didn't even ask. But no, go. <laughs> um, I feel very tethered to her. Obviously, yeah. in the beginning, it contributed a lot to my postpartum anxiety because I couldn't fall asleep in between feeds because I was just thinking about the next time she was going to wake up. Mm-hmm. 
And then also, this is going to sound shallow, but I was told the wonderful lie that I would lose all of my postpartum weight or all of my pregnancy weight from breastfeeding. That is a lie. Um, I lost a lot of, like, you know, my pregnancy weight and fluids and all of those things, but I have, like, 10 to 12 pounds that is just stuck like glue. And then now I've talked to all these people who are like, oh, yeah, I, like, you can't lose that until you, like, finish breastfeeding. Like, you won't – you're just going to be stuck like that. And I'm like – Perfect. Wonderful things that nobody told me about. There is a part of me who wants to stop nursing because I want to be able to also feel energized. I find like nursing and very, very tiring. By the end of the day, it means a workout. It's a workout. I'm touched out. I'm so tired. And I feel like I was, the life has been sucked out of me. And it kind of has Mm -hmm. if you're not like eating enough and doing enough. So that makes me sad about breastfeeding. Like, I'm like, I just want to be skinny again. If I'm being like, I know it's gross. No, lay it all on the table. I know it's icky, but I'm no, I'm also fricked up from fricked up. God, I'm fucked up. Sorry. Come, I'm, come on, mom. <laughs> I'm fricked up. I'm fricked up. No, but you're fucked up from an, an industry I know. has fucked you up. Like I love you. So, but to anyone out there, don't like be like, oh, I want to be like, like you don't want to be like me in this in this situation because <laughs> my brain is really icky inside from that. Your brain um, is beautiful. You just have stuff that takes longer to yes. work through because of what has been ingrained in you for years. Yes, exactly. Um, but then there is a part of me, I have so much guilt, which is what I wanted to talk to yep. you about. Like every time, every night when that thing happens to me and I'm sad, I'm like, tomorrow I'm going to start weaning. Like, this is it. I can't stand this anymore. And then I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, I'm so lucky I'm even able to do this. Like, I have a great supply. Like, I'll regret it if I stop. This is like really great bonding time for her and I, like her health. And I look up these articles and like things and I'm like, oh my gosh, no, I need to do it. And then I end up on like crunchy mom TikTok. No, no, no. Yeah. And then I am too guilty. And I actually think the guilt is going to propel me to at least six months. Okay. I'm going to unpack all of this with you. First and foremost, I want to say that you're the – Yes, we've been sold this thing that, like, breastfeeding helps you lose your pregnancy weight because, in reality, it does contract your uterus. Yes. There's a biological thing. It fucking hurts those Mm -hmm. first few sessions. Jesus Christ. I think that hurt me more than labor. Yeah. Um, And also, it is a full-blown workout. Like, your body is doing shit to get it out. I love you for being so honest on here. Yeah. Would I ever tell you to stop breastfeeding to lose those 10 to 15 pounds? (laughs) Absolutely not. And I said that to you already. Okay, I understand that you've had a past that has made it really difficult to grapple with this. First of all, we need to throw out whatever scale you even know. How do you even know you're still 10 to 15 pounds? I don't know. I just don't fit into my pants yet. Okay, so you just want to fit into your pants. I do. Which, again, is, you know, your clothes are meant to fit you. You're not meant to fit your clothes. Okay. I got a lot of clothes, though. (laughs) You're just going to find a response to anything. And I realize, look, I'm coming at it from like, I totally understand. And I'm also coming – I should definitely put this forward. Like, I'm coming at it from a place where I'm nine months out and I do fit in my clothes. Right. And that's a privilege that a lot of people – that doesn't happen. True. And I – this wasn't on purpose. It kind of fucking happened. Yeah. And I also think that like you – we need to accept as women that there are going to be things that just aren't going to go back. And yeah. instead, maybe think about how you live such a wonderfully blessed life that you could buy a whole new wardrobe and yes, you could buy all these new true. clothes that fit you. And that's really awesome. 
Will you eventually look like a different person than you do now, today? Probably. We adapt in so many ways. Like we're never going to stay the same size. Is that a reason to stop breastfeeding? Ultimately, that's up to you. Yeah, true. That's up to you. I'm not going to say yes or no. Yeah. What I will say is that when it comes to the guilt, Mm -hmm. we should not feel guilty for not breastfeeding our children for a certain amount of time. I know. I know. This has been pushed on us so hard by society, I guess. I don't know who necessarily of the concept that women continuously have to struggle. And I fucking hate the narrative. Yeah, it is. One one person said to me once that like people love to see women suffer. Oh, love. They love it. Hate to see us thrive. Love love to see us suffer. And from my experience, I did a total of I think five months – I actually loved doing it. If I had not loved doing it, oh. it would have been over right away. Right. I loved the act. Like, right. I really enjoyed it. And I hated everything else about it. Yeah. I had an oversupply, so I was constantly engorged. Yeah. I was constantly leaking. Um, I hated how starving I was. Yes. I mean, st- like, unfathomable mm-hmm. hunger. I hated that I was the only one that could do it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what ultimately drove me to make the switch. And we had a bit of a hard time in the beginning with the latch because I had inverted nipples that, if anyone's wondering, they don't go back. They're just now out. Okay. So you've lived so, a life of two different nipples. Yep. <laughs> Very different. Very different. But once we, like, got our flow, quite literally, then it was great. Yeah. But it was just – I hated the fact that I was the only one that could do it. And in a life where we don't have corporate maternity leave, it's mm-hmm. – ultimately impossible to try and do both. Totally. Um, I have a question for you. Now I'm interviewing you. No, go. What, when you, because this is something I'm exploring, what was it like when you weaned? Because emotionally, physically, spiritually. (laughs) Spiritually. Um, Before we say this, I just want to say one other thing that you mentioned that I wanted to touch on was the, like, you worry that, you're not going to bond with her. Yeah. So that was something that, again, I don't know who tells us these stories, but that's something that we've just heard everywhere, yeah. right? Like, oh, you breastfeed to bond. Um, I have a relationship now with my son that is a hundred times stronger yeah. than when I was breastfeeding, without a doubt. Our relationship blossomed and got deeper when I stopped breastfeeding because I was able to show up as a mom. Right. When I hit the end of my breastfeeding journey, it was the peak of my postpartum depression. I use this example a lot. We were at my parents' beach house where, like, we always are partying at night. Everyone's outside in, like, our pool bar cabana getting drunk. And I would excuse myself and go sit up on, like, the couch by our bedroom in the pitch black and not I wouldn't be on my phone. I wouldn't be watching TV. I wouldn't be reading. I would simply be sitting there in silence and just start crying. And Joe would come upstairs and he's like, "What? what's going on? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I I, just can't. I can't do anything right now. I just want to sit in silence and cry. Yeah. And that was when I was like, this is not – I'm not healthy. This is not good. Um, I think it was a mix of I'm emotionally exhausted. I'm physically exhausted. I'm so fucking touched out. I didn't want Joe touching me. Mm-hmm. The idea of Joe touching me would set – like, and I love him so much. Yeah. And also, so like, hard. sex is a big part of the way I connect with him. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like – we were having sex, but it wasn't, like, 
what it used to be at all or what it is now because right. I didn't want to be touched. My boobs yeah. were quite literally leaking everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I just felt like I was – I felt like it was all on me. Yeah. And that's not an enjoyable feeling no. when you're the one that's like breastfeeding. It is quite literally that task is all on you. And for me, I decided that my mental health was also a priority and I had to fill my cup. I say this all the time. Mm -hmm. I wanted his cup to be overflowing. I can't pour from an empty cup. My cup was fucking empty. I was drained. And the decision I made was to wean, to go full formula with like the exception of we had some breast milk Mm -hmm. in our freezer that like we mixed for the transition. Um, And physically – the weaning process sucked because I had an oversupply, mm-hmm. so I did get mastitis. Um, I have a full blog post that I'll link in this about, like, my process. Obviously, I don't know if I'd recommend following me because I still got mastitis, but I dropped a feed every few days, but my supply was just so intense that, like, even that that's wasn't enough. enough. I think that's pretty standard. If you have a normal or a low supply, you should right. be fine. Um But I was, like, hopped up on Sudafed because it drains you. I was putting cabbage in my bra. I was doing all the things because I was just – I hit this point where I was, like, I'm fucking decided done. Like, once I decided, I was done. The last feed was emotional. I obviously cried Mm -hmm. because I missed – I liked the physical act when we were in the moment. Yeah. And then I haven't looked back. Like, quite literally haven't looked back once. Yeah. And that's a really freeing feeling. And obviously, I don't think that's the same for everyone. I can't promise that. Yeah. But even when I see people breastfeeding, I don't have that like, oh, I miss that. Right. I'm like, oh, my God, I fucking love pouring formula into a bottle and handing it to anyone in the room being like, here, can you feed Liam Weigel do something so I can play with him? Yeah. That sounds nice. It's really nice. (laughs) And also, look, I'm not going to deny that breast milk is like – Right. Healthy for them. Yeah. And it's great. And they're getting all sorts of stuff. But we also live in a world where, like, formula is pretty freaking great too now. Yeah, totally. And the fact that, like, the World Health Organization still recommends we breastfeed up to two years blows my mind. Or not up to, for two years. Um, in my opinion, is very outdated. And we need to get you off of Crunchy Mom TikTok. Uh, yeah. Like, send me stuff. Anything. You, can, you know you can hit not interested. No, I didn't know that. I guess I need to do that. You got to hold on the video and hit not interested because now there's this woman out there that's like spreading all this shit about. I think I've yeah, I yeah, you've seen her. her. I get the baby wearing. I get the all the things. I mean, I like baby wearing, yeah. but not for, like solely for the reason that I can have my hands, right? Um, but I think ultimately, obviously, the decision's up to you. Yeah, and I just think you have to remember that you matter as yeah. well as Teddy. Yeah, and. You're not going to bond any less by her getting – I mean, she's already getting a bottle sometimes, isn't she? She does, of of breast milk, yeah. Yeah, but, like, it's not like that milk is hitting her lips and she's like, oh, my mom, I'm bonding with you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know. I'm going to – what I think my first step is going to be is just giving her a bottle of formula in the yeah. day and just see – like how she takes it. Just someone told me to do that, and they were like, "You'll see that she's not going to blink. No, like it, she'll be, she'll drink the whole thing, and you might feel a little sad that she doesn't care." Well, that's the thing. Yeah, like they love us. Yeah, so much, but I don't think they really. Obviously, that means some people might get mad at me for saying this. But like, I don't think they fucking know the difference. Yeah, it tastes different, sure, yeah. but like Liam will eat shit off the floor. That kid will put anything in his mouth. <laughs> Yeah. What has been the best part of being a mother? I think – 
I mean, I know it's cliche, but I feel like the love that you feel towards them, it's like, I love my husband, but like – Oh, God. It doesn't compare. And nothing compares. <laughs> like, you're just like, I love you so much. Like, I want to, like, eat you and, like, have you with me forever. And you just feel such, like, crazy, passionate, like, pure – love for them and Mm -hmm. you would die for them and sacrifice everything for them. That is really special. And I think knowing what that feeling is now, like if I had known that previously, I would have had kids like way sooner. Like if I knew that, that, what that feeling was to come. I think so. Yeah. Because it's just so pure and like so wonderful. And like just watching her do anything, like I'm like, I know as, yeah, you're mesmerized. And I'm always like, I know I'm biased, but like she's really cute. Oh, well, she's really cute. Really (laughs) cute. I think that is like really, 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 really special. And then feeling like you're kind of like reliving through their world and through their eyes and like wanting to provide like the best like life and experiences that I can for her. I'll probably have an issue with that because I'll probably want to shelter her from literally everything. Um, I'll work on that. But I'll be ther- I'll be therapized, as I call it. I'm like, yeah. I'll be like a, a parent who went to therapy, so I'm hoping I'll be Me too. Okay. I say that all the time yeah. to myself. I'm like, I, I hope this is all going to work out for you. Do you feel like – because we talked about postpartum anxiety, do you feel like having a child has calmed you down in other aspects of your life? <laughs> the word calm, I'm like – Not calm, but like um, – like, I, I'll use me for an example. I feel like I used to obsess over things that now yes. are so trivial and dumb to me because I don't have the time because there's so much – there's, like, Liam is more important than, like, what I'm eating for lunch. True. And the brain space actually just isn't there anymore. And I feel like it's made me a chiller, maybe, person in certain aspects of my life that used to really rile me up. Yeah, I think it has – because the perspective has shifted so much, focus has shifted so much, yes, I pay way less attention to, like, what's going on in, like, the fashion or modeling world. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to be very wrapped up in that or, like, feeling relevant in that space. Like, even though, like, of course I have, like, a desire to get back to certain elements of that, I'm not, like, drowning in that feeling yeah. so much because, like, I have so much – other things, so many other things to focus on, including, like, my business and stuff like that. So, but I don't know. Like, I I think the perspective has changed. The focus has changed. But I don't feel calmer yet. Mm-hmm. You're still very early. I'm still <laughs> And we – I know now we're towards the end, but I need you to pitch Covey. Oh, Give us okay. a pitch. <laughs> um, I mean, if anyone cares, if you would like, um, I started a skincare brand called Covey a year ago now. Our first birthday is coming up. It's just a simple three-step skincare routine. It was designed to be used together so all the products work together. We work for the dermatologist, Dr. Julie Rusak, here in New York. It's a cleanser, a vitamin C serum, and a moisturizer. Um, I'm working on some new products that will be launching soon, but Very everything excited. is clean, non-toxic, no parabens, sulfates, dyes, fragrances, essential oils. It's just a really simple routine that everyone can use for all skin types. We tested on over 150 different people before we launched, and it's just really gentle, really effective, and we've gotten great reviews. People are loving it, so I'm so happy. That was like such a good elevator pitch. You've <laughs> clearly been on a lot of calls. No, but honestly, that was like right to the point. You laid it all out there. Yeah. You really sold the business. I'm here for it. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. I'm so proud you. of you. Thank you. It's an incredible product. You guys have done so well. Like, I think there's so much exciting stuff happening in the future. I mean, I know there is. Yeah. So 
I'm I'm really proud of you. Thank you. I know it's been a big journey, 2021, 2022. How the fuck do you manage everything? Um, I don't. The other day, yesterday, <laughs> I was on a call and like Teddy was sitting right here on the Bjorn thing and I was on the call yeah, right like here. And she was crying for some reason. I just fed her and I'm like, oh, what's wrong? Whatever. I'll just hold her. So I pick her up and I put her over my shoulder and like my co-founder is my best friend. So like no one cares. And we had a couple other people on the call, whatever. Just shit. All. <laughs> oh my God. That Okay. All up the back. I do not miss that. When you are finished breastfeeding, that ends. Okay. And I was like mom of the year over here, just <laughs> me holding my – everyone's like, oh, and I'm like, that's poop literally everywhere. I don't – like I'm on calls a lot with her sometimes, mm-hmm. without her. I feel distracted. It goes back to what we were saying earlier. Like it, it's not perfect, but I can still propel things forward. Like I always say like these things aren't perfect. I wasn't perfect on that call or I didn't do a perfect job with that email. Like I misspelled something, whatever. But sometimes I'm like I'm still moving the ball forward and in having a business or what we do, as long as you're doing that every day, like that is a win in itself. Snaps. Yeah. No, literally, yeah. like perfection is the the devil. The devil, and it completely paralyzes any progress. Yes. And it's all about just like moving forward and getting the little things done one by one. Yeah. And if it's not perfect, that's okay. Yeah. And you can't do it all. No. You cannot do it all. I love you so much. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. For everyone who wants more of you, where can we support you? At Emily Donato on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. You can follow Covey, just at Covey. And come say hi and try to answer my DMs. Yeah, every, Not as much as you. But. No, you, you do answer. I'm like, you are good. And you do a lot of Q&As. So you are very interactive. I will link that all in the show notes. But okay. thank you guys for listening. And thank you, Em, for coming on. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I love doing this more than anything in the world. If you could be so kind as to rate and or review the show, share a screenshot on your Instagram story, whatever you feel like doing to show some love, I would really appreciate it. Obviously follow at Pod on Instagram and me at Freckled Foodie for more content. Thank you for being a part of the FF fam and I hope you have a wonderful day.